This episode was brought to you with the support from listeners like you. Special thanks to superfan BFF-level supporters Kyle H., The Man with the Hat, and Violet Passion. Do you love this podcast? Do you want to keep this magic rolling? Show your support by joining the Pacey Tapes fan club. Visit thepaceytapes.com to join now. Oh, hello! This is Blanche Debris, and you're listening to The Pasty Tapes, a burlesque podcast by Show My More, the steamiest Asian dumpling. Oh my, it's Show My. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Pasty Tapes. I am your host, Show My More, the steamiest Asian dumpling, recording live from under a blanket in my living room in Chicago. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to last week's episode with Kitty Kapow as we were debriefing our BurlyCon 2019 experiences. Extra special thanks to everyone who slid into my DMs to tell me that I'm not an asshole. That was very well appreciated. And some of you have just impeccable timing. Like, it was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to give a special shout out to Blanche Debris. We did a couple shows in Minneapolis together a few weeks ago. And I love you. And I'm so glad that... You do the intro of my podcast. Thank you. I hope I get to see you soon. We're going to keep the BurlyCon debrief rolling, this time with another burlesque performer named Kitty. My guest today is Kitty LaRoyal, a Chicago-based burlesque performer who presented at BurlyCon 2019 Peer Reviews. This interview is going to sound kind of different. Kitty came over, brought some pizza and wine, and we recorded in my living room. So if the audio is different from previous episodes, that's because it was live and in person. All right, let's jump in. Hi, Kitty. Hi. Kitty, thank you so much for being on the Facey Tapes. Thanks for having me. We were both looking at each other with like the biggest smiles on our faces. I know. I'm so happy to <laughs> hang out with you. Okay, so me for too. those of you who don't know, uh, Kitty LaRoyal is a Chicago-based burlesque performer and instructor. Our muggle jobs are actually a block away from each other. And we have lunch together from time to time, but mostly we'll be sitting at our desks in our offices texting each other yeah. during lunch. Yeah, and truth. It's, it's like the same thing. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So Close Kitty, enough. <laughs> Close <laughs> enough. Yeah. Okay, Kitty, tell me your burlesque origin story. Who um, are you? I started burlesque. Uh, I think I took a taster class right around this time five years ago. Uh, and then I started full-on sessions performing just in the new year. So I'm about to hit five official years. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. The short story is I've been involved in theater since I was five. I always thought burlesque looked really cool. I don't know when I learned about it. I remember being like, I would like to try that one day. And then I never did. I was in an awful relationship. It was kind of the one thing that I always wanted to do that I never mentioned wanting to do because I knew that my boyfriend at the time was going to like shame me for Uh. it. And, like, not allow me, quote, unquote, to do it. Um, And then I left his ass. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Great. Uh, Goodbye. And I started doing all the things that I wanted to do. I got more tattoos. I grew out my hair really long. And then I started burlesque. Kitten Von Purr is a performer in Chicago as well. And she has a blog that I've read for years. And she blogged about taking burlesque classes and I said, okay, I'll go there. <laughs> and then I just started. And then that was it. And, and then, then it's been five yeah. magical years. Yes, it has been five years of growing in every possible way. Yeah. When I first moved to Chicago, like two and a half years ago, um, we were talking about this earlier this week, but the very first 
burlesque show I went to when I moved into Chicago. You were in it. Which I did not know at the time. Yeah. I just found out this this week. Yeah. When we were talking about it. Like you were talking about one of your acts, not the one that we're going to talk about today. And then I was like, oh yeah, like I've seen this. It was like two and a half years ago. And you were just like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you were there? Yeah, yeah. It can yeah, basically be random. Yeah. And then you and I actually took a fan class together. Um, yes. With Michelle Lamore in Michelle Lamore's studio. Glad we took that class. And you were like, let's be friends, kind of. I'm coming to your show that you happen to be in. That was not the show we just talked about. Right, right. And I was like, oh, she's cool. Sure. Let's chit chat. I never saw you again. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's because of the shoulder injury that never oh, quit until I got my surgery. So, yeah. And as you can imagine, a shoulder injury doing a fan class not is great not combo. the. Yeah. It's not the easiest. It was, it's an ordeal, which is also another podcast for another day. Right. The history of Kitty LaRoyal's shoulder injury. injury. Rhinestone sling. (laughs) Rhinestone sling. Oh my God. Let's fast forward a little bit. So your first Burley Con was 2017. Correct. In 2018, you also went to Burley Con. Yes. And I did peer reviews and all of that. And you were a really good cheerleader in that sense. And then this year in 2019... You did peer reviews. I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. And you opened peer reviews on Thursday night. I did. So you were like oh, the, the first thing that people were seeing in that room. Okay. Before we jump into your peer review experience, which is what we'll focus on for the most of today's conversation, yes. tell me about the act that you did. Let's like set the stage for our listeners. Sure. Okay. So this goes back to the sling, the rhinestone sling and my shoulder surgery. I produced a show in Pilsen in Chicago, which is uh, heavily... Mostly Mexican, but largely Latina neighborhood of Chicago. We had a special night at the bar for Selena's birthday. Our contact there had reached out and asked if we would we would provide burlesque dancers throughout the course of this night to dance to Selena songs, perform and have fun in celebration of what would be her birthday. Mm-hmm. And so I set that up and wonderful performers. And one of them was Vivi Valens. And prior to our set, her and I were talking And she had told me about Bellison's Hispanic burlesque showcase. Right. I, it was something I immediately wanted to be a part of. And then I needed to come up with acts to it. And I think it was like the next day Bella posted that applications were open. (laughs) You have to submit two acts that are uh, a showcase of your heritage, which I had none. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I knew I needed to do something. And I knew in Paraguay, which is where my Mimi is from and where I have many family members still living there, uh, I knew that they did these bottle dances. Young girls and women would perform a folk dance with a glass bottle on their head. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing I thought of. I was like, I need to somehow do a burlesque act with a bottle on my head. And it just kind of came from there. And I wanted to make sure that I respected the culture mm-hmm. and respected the tradition, but also combine it with burlesque that is very feminine, that is very sexual, that is very free uh, in a way that Paraguayan women don't experience and wow. don't get to experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started started from there and I built it and I um, had to practice balancing a bottle on my head after just having major shoulder surgery and it was painful and took a long time then I did it and it's been growing ever since and 
That's the history of it. You're healing from the shoulder injury. You can't do fan classes anymore, which is why you just stop showing up. And so you're there practicing this bottle balance thing. Yes. BurleyCon peer review application. So you knew you were going, right? You and I had been planning our BurleyCon excursion. We knew that we were going to go get fucking dumplings Wednesday night. Soup dumplings. We were going to get soup dumplings. I had it like set in my heart that some man on the internet was going to pay for it. And that happened. Yes. We've been planning our BurleyCon 2019 forever. Since BurleyCon 2018. (laughs) Yeah. Because previously 2017 and 2018, I had not gone to any (laughs) extra events. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed off campus, which I still stayed off at this year. 2019, I was like, no, I'm getting involved in the events post-class days. Yeah. What made you decide to submit to peer reviews? I I don't even know. <laughs> yeah? I, I know that you had an amazing experience with it. Yeah. Seemingly, at least. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah. But you had a really positive experience with peer review. Uh, and it really overhauled Dumpling. Mm-hmm. And I this year I have spent in like a crossroads with burlesque and how I feel about it and where I want to go with it. I don't completely know. But I know that I love this act. And I know I want to like perform this act everywhere possible. Peer review applications opened. And I had the thought of... Kitty, why don't you just apply and see what happens and do peer review? And then I was like, oh, no, don't do that. That's crazy. You're always so exhausted. Like, don't do the night stuff. And I'm like, you should do the night stuff. You should do peer review. Mm -hmm. Do peer review. That was it. And I just became like, you need to apply for peer review and you need to do. I I think at the time where I had applied, I hadn't even decided what act necessarily I wanted to present. Yeah. And then I asked you about it. I'm like, how do you pick an act? And you gave me really good advice, which I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but it was like, do the act you would have the hardest time kind of critiquing yourself. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was this act, but also how much I love this act and want to keep doing it and want it to grow and develop. I submitted it and I said, we'll see. And then I got accepted. Right. I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this thing. <laughs> I remember getting that email like that I that my act had been accepted for peer reviews and just being like, oh, holy shit. Okay, now like the rubber needs to hit the road. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like if we we can put together a little collage on the Pacey tapes, like in August to November, I think I changed the bra on the dumpling like five times. Right. Like yeah. so many changes happened to this act. Before it even got to BurleyCon. Yeah. But I remember getting that email and be like, okay, what are all the things I need to do for it before it gets here and gets put in front of literally everyone I could ever think of? Yeah. Uh-huh. What was that like for you getting that email? It was, it was similar. I was surprised and nervous and excited. And also that like, okay, holy shit, Um, I actually haven't performed since March because I had to take time off for work because I had to plan that big conference for work. Yeah. And so I had been on a little forced hiatus. I hadn't even been performing again, I don't think, by the time I got, when I got the acceptance emails. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to figure out how to perform again. How do you do that? Wait, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so it's like we're the opposite, right? Like at the point that I got my acceptance, like I was 
really like ramping up into like this show my more yeah. schedule that everyone knows and loves yeah. today. And, and you... I had ramped down yeah. <laughs> completely. So I knew that one, I needed to try and get stage time for it. And two, that I needed to try and make changes. But I also didn't want to make too many changes. Right. Because I didn't want to have to get back into the act and then, you know, have the muscle memory and then change it and then forget the changes and then stumble over it, things like that. But I changed up the costume ever so slightly mm-hmm. and added like a hair drop. And that's where I was like, that's enough changes for right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. A lot of my changes were costume changes. I think, I don't think I really changed anything choreo wise, except this is stupid. And I do not recommend this for anyone who's about to present their act in front of any sort of large audience ever, but also like this is where it works, right? So in the original dumpling, you know, it's this barrel thing. It doesn't break apart the way that like new dumpling does. I'm too short to step out of it. And so in the original, original, original choreo, like I just squanch the basket down and then stop, step out of it. But I think like maybe half an hour before I went on or before, you know, my call time, um, Ophelia Hart, I was getting ready in her room and Ophelia Hart saw me run through it and she was just like, that like squanch thing that you're doing that like squishing of your bat kind of awkward can't you just like step on it and because it's like a spring-loaded basket it'll just pop back up yeah and I was like yes I can do this and then so I spent the next like half hour and then I went last that night so you had plenty of time to practice this brand new thing this brand new move of getting out of this like you know a very critical yeah right time in your act right right and so we practiced it for like an hour hour and a half and then that's what I did (laughs) that was the first time I did that I don't recommend that but yeah that was like the biggest change I made choreo wise everything else was like costuming costuming upgrades stuff like that what was your Thursday like because Thursday I was super busy like right passing out fucking jumpsuits and I taught that day like Thursday was a big day for me but I don't remember seeing you at all that day. Yeah, I think we passed each other quickly shortly before you were going to go teach. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I know I saw you in the hallway. Yeah. Later in the day. Um, so I started out the day. I woke up early and was antsy. So I went back down to Pike Place Market where we just were the night before. You went into the city? Yeah, I went into the city. I got myself a biscuit bitch. I got myself a Rachel's ginger beer. I went and looked at the gum wall, which I had never looked at before. <laughs> Which was very strange to do. But anyways, I went and did that and I made myself happy <laughs> and feel good. Then I went straight back and then straight into BurleyCon. Uh, I started off with Johnny and Isaiah's Holding Space, which was probably the best thing that could have happened because I was able to get myself centered and ready and uh, suppress anxieties and really just feel good holding space. My partners, we I had two different partners in the class through two different exercises and they were both wonderful. Uh, I have a feedback card from my first partner okay. who wrote like, we were partners and holding space. And I love this. And it was so awesome. My second partner, I apologize. I don't remember your name, but was a Latina. I was wearing my Latina AF shirt and we were lined up across the room and she like motioned to me, I love your shirt. It's so good. And I felt so comfortable. 
I was like, oh my God, this is great. I'm so happy. I'm just, I was so happy to be partnered with a Latina and have her like point that out, that we're, we're together. We're the same people. So then we get there, right? We get there. It's the night. It is happening. It is happening. You were first. I was first, which I was a little scared of. But also really happy yeah. <laughs> to go first and get it out of the way. To just get it over um, And I also, yeah. like, I don't stay up late normally. I'm usually asleep by, like, 10.30. And so, you know, later in the evening, I would have been more worried about going because I thought would have thought I would have gotten tired or something, perhaps. Right. Do you remember anything from doing it? Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> being nervous. Mm-hmm. Really nervous. Uh, I remember turning around and having the sudden realization that I was not going to really be able to look at people (laughs) from where we are. We're so high up above everybody. And uh, me with a bottle on my head, I cannot tilt my head down to make eye contact because otherwise the bottle will fall off my head. And I was worried that if I looked down to make eye contact with people while keeping my head level, it would just look like I was looking down. Right, that your eyes were, like, closed or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, very quickly, as as I'm literally performing the act, I'm going, just keep your eyes up. Just keep your eyes up. And, which is something I'm very used to now, and I've learned how to keep my eyes up. And I tried to make the most of the eye contact with the judges and my two times going down on the floor. Um... I remember being like very comfortable mm-hmm. on the stage while also still being nervous because it's a nerve nervous situation mm-hmm. to be in. Um, but I, I could see people smiling and enjoying it as much as I couldn't like really look at them. I could see, and I could, I think I could feel that people were really happy. Yeah. And that was good. And I, I would, I got more comfortable and more comfortable and uh, I could, I remember being able to easily spot where Johnny and Isaiah were because they're very tall and stick out. Okay. I had that moment. <laughs> Sitting during, down. Yes. Yeah. I had that moment during yeah. the dumpling too. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure I remember Isaiah like smiling ear to ear. And so that made me very comfortable too. I remember thinking, oh, I'm favoring the right side because that's where they were sitting. But I remember like, being like, oh, Kitty, like, this is good. You're doing this and you're a lot calmer than you thought you would be. And this is great and things are going well. And they're cheering at all the appropriate places. Um, I remember a huge, the, the biggest cheer I've ever gotten when I revealed the bottle out of my skirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that moment. And yeah. I remember that and I was like, oh, well, they must really like this. That's great. And, you know, that's the very beginning of my act. So that was that was really great to have that such a big moment happen so early on in the act. And then uh, my bottle fell off at one point, um, which it usually happens. It usually falls off once. Last time I performed the act, I was at Burlesque Brunch in Madison, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. and the bottle fell off and I it like it got me flustered and then I didn't take the time to like and put it back on my head and be like ah life goes on it's not a big deal and then fell off again Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I remember having a conversation with my boyfriend who who was like 
baby, you got to handle that better when it falls off. You need to like figure something out. It fell off at peer review. And I remember just going, oh, my bottle fell off. Hold on. Let me do something cool. Well, I pick it back up and I'm still calm and I'm putting it back on my head and it's not a big deal. And so that was the best I think I've ever dealt with my bottle falling off my head. Yeah. And which was the, the greatest place to have that great moment of dealing with it. I remember suddenly being at the end and twirling my tassels, which is usually when my bottle falls off and it stayed on and it was great. And I hit my final pose and it was great. And I just felt so good. And then as I was walking off stage to get my robe, I remember feeling like the nervous shakes right. at that point in time. And like, oh, now I'm really sweaty and now I'm really hot. Now I have to go back up there. And like, I think they like it. Hopefully they liked it. And like all these thoughts are running through my head mile an hour. But then it was, like, done in a flash. Right. I just remember during mine, like, trying to remember that fucking step out <laughs> thing. This is how you're going to get out of the basket. This, okay, this is how you're going to get out. What does my face look like? Yeah. You know, I don't know. This is, yeah. this is how I'm getting out of the basket. Yeah. yeah, but you're right, right? Like, as soon as, as soon as I was done, I hit my final pose. I walked off. I just threw on my, like, stupid silver jacket. Yeah, you didn't even have any covering, anything I, covering your butt no, or anything. No, I was basically, like, naked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember sitting there, and it was, like, the feedback part went by so quickly, but so slowly at the same time. I think one of the things that I'm really grateful for is just how, I guess, encouraging and supportive that audience mm-hmm. is. Oh, yeah, for right? sure. I mean, it's, it's your peers. Right? Yeah. It's literally... Yeah. People who are there because they love burlesque and they want to see their fellow performer, like, learn and improve and do their thing. And was receiving feedback, like, for you? I wasn't really nervous about receiving feedback. I'm used to thoughtful, um, constructive criticism Mm -hmm. and feedback, positive or negative, and being able to handle it and take it really well. So I wasn't really um, nervous about that which was good but I remember just being nervous because what I've just had done like well that's done now I don't need to be nervous for this part but still going like oh my god what are these highly influential and well-known panelists going to tell me yeah I don't know maybe their smiles were fake I don't know when I sat down and Waxy Moon had the microphone in their hands, ready to speak, and looked like they couldn't wait to tell me how much they loved my act and how great they thought it was. I was like, okay, this is, we're good. I'm at ease. I can feel good. Just like, but it was, it was phenomenal experience getting their, their feedback and their thoughts just on the act. Yeah. I don't know. How did you feel? Okay, my panel was Joe Weldon, Blanche Debris, and Jet Noir. Like, all people. I know. All people (laughs) who, at the time, like, I really, I mean, I still do. Like, really, really, really looked up to all of them. And then now, you know, a year later, like, I've developed a relationship with, like, each of them. Like, Blanche does the fucking intro for this podcast. I know. I love it. Blanche, like, actually talked about my peer review night. Um, we were both just in Minneapolis together. We did two shows together, and she was emceeing one of them. And she talked about my peer review there in my intro for New Dumpling. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, she's, she That's still so crazy. remembers that. That's so crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. And I remember 
doing the dumpling and feeling like, oh man, that was garbage. Yeah. Um, and so like I let myself think that and then I'm like, you know what? No, like it was actually good. Actually, like, you know, that might have been like one of my best runs. Mm-hmm. And having those particular judges like affirm that, I think it was Jet who Jet was actually the very first person I met at BurleyCon in 2017. Mm -hmm. He just said, love, love, love. That's it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that I would change, right? That that was like a lot of the feedback that I got uh, from that night. And it was a lot. It was really overwhelming. It was like super affirming, but also scary because then it was like, oh, like I just spent like five fucking months like preparing for the worst. Right. Right, preparing for these people to like throw tomatoes at me, which just like, doesn't make yeah, any yeah, sense. Yeah, it's completely irrational. You don't get handed a tomato when you walk in to peer review to right. like watch and be like, throw it. What do you feel like? It. Right, like, it just doesn't exist. Right. Um, but it was like a wonderful, like lovely experience that was yeah. really affirming, and I think like really set the pace. I don't know. We can, you can, if anyone wants to un- unzip and unpack all of this. Yeah. I think it really set the pace for everything that I did in the year following that. Probably. But I remember everything that they said was really reaffirming. Mm-hmm. And everything I thought of, except for, like, my corset. Yeah. I think. I think everything else. I was like, oh, my God, thank God. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you feel this way about my act. Like, oh, I completely understand your feedback. Oh, I've already thought of that. And this is just completely reaffirming what I think. And then I I think it was Lulu who had said, oh, when you're doing a skill act or this is a skill act. And that was one thing where I was like, what? Like I had not thought about my act being a skill. I had not at all thought of it on the same level of being classified as a skill act as that so that was really like mind-blowing for me and also mind-blowing which goes back to the huge crowd reception to revealing my bottle was I think it was waxy was probably one of the he probably one of the first things that they said um the surprise reveal of the bottle Mm -hmm. I'm like oh (laughs) I had also didn't really never never thought of revealing my bottle as a reveal such as like taking a bra off kind of reveal it was just something I had like on the back burner and like oh yeah I'll hide my bottle in my skirt and then I'll pull it out and like whatever those are like the two absolutely mind-blowing things that were said to me Mm -hmm. by the panelists Mm -hmm. that I had like literally never even considered before I was like oh and like that changes everything yeah but Lulu I know obviously very well and I saw her at Jeezy's Juke Joint was the person whose feedback I valued the most because Lulu brings their culture into their acts as well I think what I was most nervous about was how is somebody else who does culture-based acts going to receive my culture-based act and she was nothing but complimentary, especially about the culture and bringing the culture in and being respectful and showcasing it beautifully. And that means the world to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I know. I could like cry. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, okay. So speaking of crying, 
<laughs> yeah. It was a lot, right? It was. It's a lot to do on your first day. Yeah. Like it's a... So what was that? What was the rest of your BurlyCon like after that? Like TBH? Like it was really, I was worried about <laughs> you. I was worried about you. What, yeah. what was the rest of your convention like? How did you deal with like having such a big experience? Yeah. Friday was fine and great. And then Saturday came around. <laughs> And, um, I got my feedback envelope. My envelope had been placed in liquid one. My first order of business was to carefully get everything out and like air it out. And so I had looked at some of my feedback and not all of it Mm -hmm. because I really just wanted to relax. Um, I did a little bit and then I went back for one class right after lunch and sitting in the middle of it, I just had like a massive anxiety panic attack. And like, it was a lecture based class. So I was just sitting there and all of a sudden just everything in my body was like, get out of here, go leave, get out of here, go hurry up. And I was like, no, 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 I can, I can, no, it's fine. It's cool. Like I'm going to go into the city later no, I'm not staying. You need to get out of here. Like, get out of here. Like, I have never experienced anything like that before. And I literally, like, ran out of BurlyCon and got on the train and went downtown and, like, cried the whole way. Why? I, I don't, I don't even know. You don't know I where it don't, came from? I, mean, I don't know where it came from. I don't know what happened. So I was on the train and I'm just crying. I'm just this person on the train who was like sobbing. I think I was scared of looking at the rest of my BurlyCon feedback. Holy I had knew, shit, I have chills. I had, I had known that the panelists loved it. And I had only read maybe a handful of the cards. And they were all generally positive too. But I think... I just freaked out at like, what does the rest of the stack of like a hundred note cards say? Do they like it? Do they get it? Are are they going to actually be helpful? Are they going to do this? Or like, did my friends write me feedback? Maybe my friends didn't even write me feedback cards. Like, I don't know why I would think that you would not have written write me a feedback card but like you knew we don't think rationally when we're having anxiety attacks anyways right so i like ran away into downtown seattle i got another ginger beer i think a lot had built up just i don't stress from peer review like which Mm -hmm. i think is not rational at all um just built up yeah run away (laughs) like literally run away yeah. Yeah. And it was intense. And then I didn't do any classes on Sunday. Um, but I did another big thing this year that I hadn't done before was I took part in the POC photo. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So uh, I'm Latin and Austrian mm-hmm. and I grew up whitewashed. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma lived with us growing up. My parents divorced when I was a toddler. Our culture was present in our house because she was there. And she spoke to her family in Paraguay all the time and spoke Spanish and they would visit us every summer. Um, But it was never made important to Mm -hmm. us. We never understood, to me and my brother, we never really made to understood how special the Latin community is and the Latin culture. And so, yeah, I I just, I grew up pretty whitewashed. And it wasn't until shortly before I I developed this act and another Paraguayan-based act that I really embraced 
my Latin culture. Right. And, uh, I mean, you look at me and I'm white because I'm mostly white. Mm -hmm. Um, and Paraguayans are pretty white skinned, um, are, are very light toned Latin skinned. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I never thought of myself as a POC. I still don't necessarily. I know, I know that white passing POCs exist, but I didn't grow up with my culture. So it feels weird to even consider myself a white passing person of color. Mm -hmm. But I also have never felt more at home than when I have done Latin, Hispanic shows. Yeah. Which I've done three now. Yeah. And yeah. I've never felt better. I've never felt like more of a, in more of a community. I've never felt more like these are my people and I am comfortable here. And so I know last year in 2018, you were like, come to POC photo, come to POC photo. Right. And I was kind of like, oh shit, I can go to that. Right. Right. I feel like in the I'm past like, I must be able to if a POC is inviting me to go to POC right. photo. Um, so that was peer review and POC photo were like, I'm doing it. I am, yeah. I am, I am going to do it. Peer review, I have to do. But POC photo, I was like, I still could have not gone if I wanted to. But it actually became very important to me. Right, right. I remember in 2018, you know, you attended the Latinx caucus. Yeah. I remember, you know, you met my girl Riri Sincere yeah. for the first time, all of that. And then I feel like the, you know, for a good number of months after that, you know, you and I were talking identity a lot. And yeah. it sounds like that's something that you've spent a lot of time exploring since. Yeah. One of my favorite things about BurleyCon is being able to be in a room full of of people who are like me, right? A room full of other fat performers mm -hmm. or a room full of POC and the photo, just seeing like the little groups and everything like yeah. that, the little breakout of groups, like is my, probably my favorite hour of the whole weekend. What, yeah. what was that like for you experiencing that for the first time? It was good. I felt at first I was kind of like, walking in being like don't look at me nobody look and see that like I might not belong here not that I think that that group of people would anyways because right. they understand that POCs come in a range of shades right. like skin tones right I you know like even amongst the same culture right there's a range but I was very quickly like oh yeah 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 no I'm okay I'm, I'm here and it's cool. It's like, okay, this is good. This is good. And then especially when we got to the Hispanic and Latinx specific group photos, it was like, ah, there are more people who look like me than I thought there would be. Right. How powerful that is, right? Yeah. Like how, oh. yeah. So that felt really good. And I'm really glad that I did it and that I'm a part of that and mm -hmm. that I'm in those photos with other people. Yeah. And that I did the Latinx caucus last year. But I had asked, like, how do the white, Hispanic, or Latin people in this room, how do you, like, fit in being a POC? And you know, one thing Riri said was, realize your privilege and use that to boost up the others. 
And that's something that stuck with me. Wow. What a big burly con for you. Yeah. What range of experience and emotion. Yeah. Oh, man. So much. Okay. That's a lot. And we're home and we're here. And it's been a month since then. I feel like this is the first time I'm seeing you. Probably. Since we've been home. Well, you, like, well, I've been gone. A ton. Yeah, yeah. This is like my first weekend we text, home. like every day. Right. Right. I'm home this weekend because I have a butt tattoo now. <laughs> yeah. And so as in this interview, I'm like laying on my couch. Yeah. Um, if you don't know about this butt tattoo, dear listener, uh, you are missing out. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, okay. Let's close out before we like officially close out and say goodbye. Why don't you pick like a couple quick cards to read if that's yeah. something that you want to do yeah um so when you do burly con peer reviews uh as, as kitty um selects uh one or two here um you're given a card when you walk in and the feedback is not anonymous um so they answer your questions they provide their feedback and it has to be signed um mm-hmm. yeah and i got my stack i remember i received my stack on that sunday and i remember loa de boom boom and i got a really beautiful hotel in downtown Seattle and we read through it and then I put them back in their envelope and they have sat in my house in this drawer that is locked so Flanders can't get into it (laughs) and it's just nice and warm and cozy to know that I have an envelope full of lovely things that people have said about me yeah yeah I I read more like on my way home and at the airport and on the flight home and I've even read through them since then I'm like oh my gosh this is amazing to just Feeling low, go to the stack of note cards where people tell you, like, you're impressive. Yeah. Okay, okay, read me a couple cards. Okay. This is from Miss Love on Top. It says, you are amazing. The viewer feels nervous watching the bottle and is on pins and needles waiting to see if it will fall. It must be so difficult. Very impressive. Acknowledge that it is badass. And so that is, that's really reaffirming and so I so appreciate this one because it tells me how you feel when you watch it. Yeah. And it tells me, oh, the audience is on pins and needles about my battle to see if it will fall. And, you know, that's not a perspective you can get. Yeah. <laughs> ever. No. Because even if you're watching your own video, it's you're watching your own video. Right. You knew you will. You know if it yeah. falls or not. And, and then, you know, yeah. the, it's badass. I'm like, yeah, it is this badass skill so that's why i love that one okay do you want me to go next sure do you have one this is from d flowered dear dear friend dear d flowered that was amazing and you were brilliant your musicality is incredible i adore you three exclamation points heart oh that's so cute i love that that's just it's so nice it is to just yeah i adore you three exclamation points and a heart right right and like when i Whenever I feel, like, bummed about my acts or about, like, who Show My More is or, like, whatever, even muggle me, it's like, wait, like, this doesn't change outside of this act. Right. Right. Like, this is all true. I mean, maybe musicality doesn't apply to when I'm, like, writing code at work or something, but it's all good. Okay. Do you want to do one more? Yes. I will read this card from... 2019 best debut Dahlia Fatale. Wow. Uh, I took my second ever burlesque class with Dahlia. (gasps) Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah, it was really great. I think to have it. uh, She pushed us outside that like normal showgirly, sexy comfort zone type Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, And 
And I think that was very important into how I view burlesque and how burlesque is for me. Yeah. So here she is from Dahlia Fatale. Yeah. Uh, She says a very creative and interesting concept. The idea of the piece read very clearly with the costume. So cool. One exclamation point. (laughs) She says she would like more relaxed moments. You appeared nervous, which made me nervous, which I was nervous. Uh, But when you had joy, the piece felt joyful and bright. Her note on what was confusing, could use some work, was about the music changes, didn't build the act. And if the song changes, I would love to see the character grow and take more bold movement, which I think part of it was I was real nervous. However, that is a very helpful piece of constructive criticism for the act. And I've actually performed the act once since peer review. Yeah. And it was all the same, but very, very different. And it was feedback like Dahlia's that really influenced the complete tonal change. Oh, this is so wonderful. I know. Okay, overall, would you recommend this experience to a future BurleyCon goer? Yes, I absolutely would. Think, be ready for it. Yeah. Be totally ready and open for whatever feedback you may or may not get, but do it totally. I think it's it's such a unique experience. Even just sharing your act on the stage in front of right. hundreds, of, yeah. hundreds of people. More than a hundred for sure. <laughs> are not going to see this act otherwise likely. And I would say if you're going to do it and wondering about what act you should do, I think it's take the one that is the hardest for you to look at with a critical eye, Mm -hmm. which I believe is basically what you told me when I was trying to figure out my act. There is stuff about this act that I could get constructive criticism to build it better. Right. Like I know there is. Right. I know it's out there. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I would say pick the act where you know that there is constructive criticism to get. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Oh, Kitty, thank you so much for spending this evening with me. Thank Thank you you for for having me. Of course. Thank you for being on the Pacey Tapes. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, people can find me mostly on Instagram at kitty.la.royal with two L's at the end. And yeah, I'll be in Chicago for the near future and then likely moving to the great state of Indiana. So... Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you again, Kitty. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Shomai. Kitty, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your BurleyCon 2019 experience. I adore you, and we will get lunch together soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pacey Tapes. Special thanks to superfan BFF level supporters Kyle H., the man with the hat, and Violet Passion. Extra love to Tony Tabasco, Kits and Sass, Rosalie Bloom, Fufu Kaboom, Big Moody Judy, Margot Royale, and KK. Thank you again to the Pacey Tapes fan club member and today's guest, Kitty LaRoyal. Special thanks forever to Blanche Debris, who does the introduction for this podcast. It's the holiday season, and if you're feeling generous, join the Pacey Tapes fan club to keep this project rolling. Visit thepaceytapes.com to join now. I'm also accepting other gifts, like you can hit that subscribe button, 
You can leave me five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a nice, lovely review. Or tell all your friends about this podcast. I will be so, so, so forever grateful. You can reach out anytime at thepaceytapes at gmail.com or by dialing the Pacey Tapes hotline at 1-530-PASTIES. You can follow the Pacey Tapes across the internet at the Pacey Tapes. I am your host, Show My More, the steamiest Asian dumpling, and you can find me at Show My More also across the internet. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Pacey Tapes, and I will talk with you soon. You have been listening to the Pasty Tapes, a burlesque podcast by Show My More, the steamiest Asian dumpling. This is Blanche Debris saying thanks for listening, and see you later, ducklings. Okay, so I have a few 2020 dates that aren't officially announced yet, but I do have one that I'm so excited about. You can catch me January 25th in Canton, Ohio for Shrimp's Cocktail Party. I am the featured performer or the featured dish for... Shrimp's O-Strip five-year anniversary show with headliner Dirty Martini. If you want more information, find this event on Facebook. If you want to book me and bring me to your town in 2020 or sponsor a live taping of the Pacey Tapes or learn more about my social media classes and consulting services or check out some of my merch, visit showmymore.com.